This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And I say, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. If you can learn to work and play, and get along with each other. Welcome everybody to Wednesday War Games episode 31. Joining me as always is my wonderful, lovely co-host Liam. Liam, tell me about Un- uh, Unreal Engine 5. Well, Unreal Engine 5 was announced last night. Um, and it looks real parody. Uh, for reference, this podcast is going to be unbearable. Because Liam has gotten his hands on a kazoo. And he will not stop playing it. That's yeah. That's yeah, That's your feelings for the entire duration of this podcast, and yeah. Stop it! Stop playing the kazoo. <laughs> yes, Unreal Five does look very pretty. Um, it does. It's it's not a real game. It's fake. It's, don't never take tech demos as a real thing. People no, that game's real. That. I can't wait to play it. People are like, oh, yeah, just wait until people have to make that in three years and make it into something that's actually playable and fun and pretty. And then the corners will be cut and games will look incrementally better than they do now. Unless you're Rockstar, who can take seven years to make a game. But yes, it does look pretty. (laughs) GTA 7 is going to look sweet. (laughs) Yes, well, GTA 6 will look sweet, too. I'm not going to play it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> don't you just li- just leave the kazoo down you're not allowed to play the kazoo you've already played it twice and we're 90 seconds into the episode yeah I think the kazoo's gonna be a big draw for us though I think oh. it's gonna be our thing you're just gonna yes, literally everything I say Liam's just gonna respond to with the kazoo there you go thank you for the setup and punchline there That's yeah, that was the slide whistle so you're incorrect but I plan on adding more instruments as I go so is, is this a tribute to Edge and Christian there you go. This is really just a, a twenty-year-old wrestling callback. Do you really want the story behind it? <laughs> the behind the kazoo, or yeah, why I purchased one and received six. Go on. Um, well, one I used to play the saxophone uh-huh. for like two years, and my mother was like, "Yo, remember when you could play an instrument?" And I was like, "I'll show you." And I purchased uh, six kazoos, and in the meantime, bought a slide whistle because I saw it in a store. So the kazoos are now your musical substitute for a saxophone. <laughs> stop it. Stop. I'm never going to stop. <laughs> I should have played um the Arthur theme <laughs> to bring us in. You could Arthur could never be done justice on a kazoo. It's too good a piece of music to ever play on a kazoo. Are you defaming the kazoo in front of me, a kazoo practitioner? <laughs> yes, a kazoo. Were you like Bleeding Gums Murphy level saxophone good? Um, I could play the Simpsons theme and oh, there you smoke go. on the water. You're a regular Lisa Simpson there, Liam. Yep. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Every week we cover AEW. Every week they will be Oh, what a week! What a week! Don't, don't you dare! (laughs) You don't get Judas until the end of the show. That's my Um, big finish. That's our finale. If you stay to the very end, Liam will play the entirety of Judas on his kazoo, which means you know. And Garrett will sing the lyrics as I go. I'll look at the podcast analytics and that, that, like the second I say you, if you stay to the end you can hear Liam play the kazoo play Judas and you'll just see at about 3 minutes 30 seconds everybody stops listening now everybody skips ahead <laughs> skips straight to the end but yes, yes you will true. be singing the lyrics as I do it correct uh sh- sure <laughs> we've sung en- we've sung enough of Judas on this podcast that you shouldn't be ashamed of that anymore <laughs> That's true. Uh, last week, AEW won, so we will kick off the show with All Elite Wrestling Dynamite, which kicked off with Cody in a big-ass car. How do you feel about that, Liam? <laughs> car was so stupid. Why was it Why was it needed? He just, like, gently nudged something because he didn't want to... Oh, sorry, by the way, people were offended by this promo, and I'm going to go into it real quick, but I was more offended by the car and its damn logo. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to the sexist Jake in a second. We'll start with the car, of course. The car, like, I don't get the point of the car. As you said, he literally drove... Like ten feet, he uh, he drove his car, he rammed it into a rail, and then got out of the car. It's like, Do you think right. he like thought he was so cool while he did it? He's like, yo, this shit fucking rules. 
Oh, like, this was the most unabashedly WCW Monday Nitro that this television show has ever been. <laughs> this like, giant truck, completely superfluous angle. Why couldn't he have just, like, driven off of the main, like, from the from the parking lot or something to show speed, but he stopped and then went. <laughs> it's, it's, all, he had to, it's a show it's a, it's a show of manlyhood, Liam. That's all that is. I thought he was going to get off of it and be like, like, like get out and be like, I'm here. <laughs> no, he just drove gently forward. Into some rails. And they should have at went, least set up something for him to break through. You know, should, they should have put something there other than the some rails. The glass barrier. Oh, that's a metaphor. Yeah, and then he gets a sledgehammer, and then he breaks the car. Uh, Cody, as I said, this was very Monday Nitro, and then kind of a good, charming way as well. It's like yeah, like it, w- it wasn't bad. It was just like, <laughs> look at the dumb cargo broom. It's the yeah, it's, it's kind of the good kind of stupid instead of the stupid kind of stupid. But Cody, Cody, Cody loves his Nitro esque angles. Mm. And yes, uh, Jake Roberts is a horrible sexist. How do you feel about this? I mean, he's a bad guy. You see, I agree with you. He's like heels can be bad people. Stop trying to have villains in television shows like like adhere to to like societal acceptable norms. Yeah, when they when they're real people, let them like. <laughs> then you can start crucifying them. It's a character. He's meant to be a bad guy. He's Jake the fucking snake. <laughs> what I would say is, is this is it too old school of me to think? Can Cody now lose? That Jake has now been a horrible sexist. It's like, like I, I agree, bad guys can be bad guys, but I think in the world of wrestling, you have to beat them. Then, yeah, I don't think, but as long as he beats him eventually, it's fine. Mm. He just like he can lose the first time, but he, he can never have the bad guy be right in the end. Like it's the Booker T Triple H thing. It's like Triple oh, H yes. could be a horrible racist as long as he loses, but he doesn't lose, and then the horrible racist is proved correct. Ideally, mm. this should end. I I think. Lance wins at double or nothing and then loses eventually with Brandy taking out Jake in some way. Like, to full circle the whole thing. I also don't think it'll be a very good idea if Cody just wins. Because <laughs> that doesn't address what he said at all. You know what I mean? You need to have Brandy have some sort of comeuppance on Jake in some manner. So the, the, the Archer should win. And then at All, all Out 2, they should book Cody and Brandy against Archer and Jake <laughs> Roberts in a tag team match. Yes, but it's a cinema match. Oh, yeah. And they're going and through Brandy. the AEW headquarters. <laughs> the, the, this is... I'd actually watch that match. I'd enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, and Jake's going to, like, DDT Brandy on the concrete, and then she'll come back up and fight him. It'd be great. With a full, like, blood, bloody face. Yeah, let bad guys be bad guys. Stop letting stop being bad guys be good guys. It's very... It, it was almost like... Like, I was going to say charmingly, Ray is sexist, charmingly is the wrong word, but it's very old-timey, women should stay in the kitchen, it's like, oh, didn't even try to like, reach for so that one. It's so over the top, it's so over the top, <laughs> and so, so it's so much of a, like, just a gimme fucking thing to reach for, that it's like, mm. come on, it's so clearly not, like, who cares, it's a, he's just a bad guy, who cares? He's a bad guy, he, yes. He's a bad guy, and, he, and Cody's going to be our saviour and prove him wrong <laughs> for women. Cody is Cody is the true friend of the women. It's gonna say, you know how we said that um, Johnny's a my wife guy. Is Cody mm-hmm. the true my wife guy? Yes, Cody and Brand again. Cody and Brandy, the perfect couple. Why were they ever broken up for a while? Cody and Brandy versus Cargetto and Candice. Let's do it. Yeah, when the, we get eventually get the big war games uh, uh, inter interpromotional feud. Like if that's the problem with uh, U.S. wrestling, they never actually do interpromotional stuff. Like we, the last time it actually happened was what CZW and RH, which is fifteen years ago. At this stage, which I was just watching yesterday. We never, we never get actual interpromotional stuff, and you do get like we never get it done right like that. Like that was like the only time that was like perfect. But like, it's the only time it's been done in general. Like the WWE, like the invasion wasn't interpromotional. WWE just bought the other two companies. Mm, it only happens in Japan. Yes, it does only happen in Japan. It's neat that it happens in Japan. Is it just like a very inherently Japanese angle? Uh, I I think like like U.S. companies are too protective and self-interested to ever do anything cross-promotional. Yeah, like I think the Japanese companies realize that hey, we can have our guys lose at, at times. Like it's fine. Whereas like all American companies are like, no, we will never lose anything involved in this feud. 
Where, like, I think the closest we came was in 2017, there was meant to be a cross-promotional Young Bucks and Hardys feud. But then mm. Hardys left Impact and went to the WWE, so that collapsed. Mm. That, that would put a kibosh on things. That does. We're, we're meant to get a deletion match between the Hardys and the Bucks, but... Yeah, we're going to get that eventually, don't you worry. <laughs> well, when, Jeff, when Jeff, Jeff will never be allowed to leave, they'll keep adding time to his contract. Hmm. Uh, but no, it'll friends. be it'll be the new Hardys of Matt and Kenny. Yes, they are the the true Hardys, the the, the greatest tag team in the history of AEW. Golden Hardys. <laughs> Poor Jeff. Poor Hangman. Poor Hangman indeed. He's disappeared completely. No, he's in the woods. It's fine. Yeah, living in the woods is a good idea at the moment. There's too much going on in the world. He ate a turtle today. Why? Turtles are turtles are nice creatures. You shouldn't he eat said turtles. He, he had to he hunted one and then he had mm-hmm. to eat it. It's the only option. That's true. And turtles are notoriously hard to hunt. We all know mm. how stealthy they are and fast they mm. move. <laughs> R.I.P. to the turtle. The tortoise and the hangman should be a children's story. It doesn't end well. Best friends defeated uh, Jurassic Express. I like this match a lot. I thought this match was a ton of fun. Best friends are really good and like I as I was watching this. I really thought, like, oh, are they just going to have, like, the best friends lose after they were, like, next to Kenny, like, the saving grace of the last six weeks of tapings? See, I, I thought the opposite. I thought that this was obviously setting up best friends to become number one contenders after this match, and it's not. They're just going to wrestle private party to then become number one contenders at uh, Double or Nothing. Mm. Which, sure, but best friends should be number one contenders coming out of that show. And uh, Best friends against Kenny and Hangman, assuming Hangman has uh, escaped from the woods at that stage, should be a very fun feud. Yeah. And, or, like, what were they? And then, it's good. I fear that they'll just be, like, a throwaway feud for TV. I was going to say it's not in front of fans, but AEW have done this thing in the last couple of weeks where they have, like, two just, de- they have the people at ringside, and then they have two decent little pockets of socially distanced people in the crowd. Like, friends and, and family. It, yeah, friends and family and staff members. It And it, it makes such a difference. It feels like there's a crowd. <laughs> like, a small crowd, but it feels like there's a crowd there things get reactions and it's not just empty and hollow and nothing and it's it's just it feels just that slightly bit more like wrestling again i know it's so good isn't it like i was really realizing it during this match when people were popping for moves i was like ah and like it's like them and old japan they both do it really well because old japan basically does the same thing Mm. where under the camera they just have all the wrestlers what they just pop out they just stand up and go to their match (laughs) no like the people like no but you'll see people after the matches just sitting under like a chair with a towel over the neck Mm. it does it makes it makes so much of a difference it really does it's it just it feels that little bit more like wrestling i made the mistake of watching nxt right after AEW, where it went from like a crowd, like something that felt like a crowd, to having just silence. <laughs> yeah, and, and particularly we'll get into this week's episode of NXT as well, where there's not much meat in the bone again. Uh, so the the contrast is probably all the more stark. Mm. It was very noticeable, and I didn't care for it. We had the the best moment in probably the history of AEW Dynamite, oh. where Orange Cassidy was standing on the ramp. Murder. <laughs> Phoenix flies in out of literally nowhere with a jumping high kick, which was it was it looked so I literally started cackling. It was my favorite thing of all time. I didn't even notice it the first time, so I had to like go back and go ah. Um, <laughs> he just he just literally flies in off screen. It's like such a comical cartoon video game moment. <laughs> it's just like wee boom. Uh- I remember being like, "What's what are they? What's about to happen here?" Because like, he was staying there for a while. <laughs> like, what's going on? And then just burr. It's funny how like we say all the best moments in like we say best moment in AEW history. It always involves either Orange Cassidy, Chris Jericho, or Sammy Guevara. Yeah, they, they, those are the the three pillars of all elite wrestling. Your triple threat main event of All Out Two. Listen, that would probably be a very good match. Oh, Jericho and Orange. You, but you've now put the idea in my head of, of Sammy eventually breaking off from the inner circle and going babyface, and that's probably going to be real good when it happens. Yeah. He's a, he's a, I think we gush about Sammy every week, so we don't have to do it again. <laughs> Sammy is great. Uh, Wardlow attacked uh, people after the match. There you go. This Face down with Luchasaurus. Just so you can get your Wardlow. There was, the, was only a little Wardlow on this show. so. Hey, a little Wardlow goes a long way. Hikaru Shida defeated Penelope before Britt Baker and Chris Statlander to formally become number one contender. She was number one in the rankings, and now they're like, she's still number one in the rankings. They had to clarify. 
Yes, she had to earn it. She really had to earn it. Which, you know, making people doubly earn number one contendership is never a bad idea. I really like this match. I thought this match was great. This match was really, really well put together. They're like, mm. all action, never slowed down, kept on moving. Sequences flowed into each other. Penelope Ford looked bad every now and again, because Penelope Ford is that wrestler who can do two moves, and the two moves she does are quite good. But uh, try and put literally anything, like, hang any kind of match on her, and it's like, oh, no... Yeah, like, there was a couple of times where, you, like, one that really stuck out was when, like, Britt was there, but, like, I guess Penelope thought that she wouldn't be able to get up in time, but, like, Britt was waiting, <laughs> and it just, yeah. like, was very awkward. But, like, it's one of those things that, like, Penelope thought is so young, like, mm. and who knows how long she's done, whatever, and, like, once this stuff is all done and, like, she can go and actually go to the training places and whatever, like, again, like, I think eventually she's going to fucking deliver. She just needs to work, and that's that's maybe a problem with AEW that they like she's working once a week, and she needs to work a lot more often than once a week. Mm. So they need to get her out on indies, get her out working as much as she can, or yeah, get her send be, her up to stardom. Like one of those people where they um they're just letting them go out there and do what they. The answer to most of AEW's women's problems is just send her over to stardom for a while. Yeah, and sign Rachel Ellering, uh, who is available as of well a couple of months weeks ago, but only revealed yesterday. There you go. Yeah, like that. Like, there's still the occasional ones popping up. I did like that um, Rachel O'Ring's Twitter video was basically, like, the exact same video as the Chris Hero one. <laughs> like, mm. like just footage of her losing in NXT in black and white and then switching to her being, like, cool as fuck. <laughs> Britt Baker is, is ideal in matches like this. Because, again, Britt yeah. Baker struggles a little when you have to hang an entire match on her. But here, where she can just pop in, hit her shit, and pop back out. Great. Ideal. There's a lot of people in the AW. Like, Nyla Rose is relatively similar, but... Hmm. There you go. Whereas Statlander and Sheeta are like the, the glue that holds matches like this together. I think uh, Britt also plays unhinged well. Mm. Like when she was like, like aggressively uh, shoving her fingers into Statlander's face. I was like, yeah, that's some, that's some crazy shit right there. And, and in fairness, she is very considerate of the current pandemic. She was wearing gloves. <laughs> I wondered like, was that like just because of that? Or was it like a... A stylistic choice because she's a dentist. Dentists do wear also wear gloves. We'll, we'll have to find out in like two months after the pandemic is gone. Pandemic will be gone. Really, she months. should have like scrunched up the glove and put it in her mouth. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh. Just texturally, that's like that's awful. No, I do not want to eat rubber gloves or latex gloves. <laughs> and then she grabs like, her uh, jaw and makes her go. Arr, 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 what you want it? Stop it. Stop. See, this is good heel work. (laughs) I'd rather the kazoo than that. Oh, it didn't even work. (laughs) Now I look a fool. (laughs) Yep, okay. Pineapple Pete had a video. It was from the, um, whatchamacallit, the Road 2. Yeah, that's what what I was wondering. But I was like, yo, this rules. Yeah, there was a Road 2 one. On Tuesday, but this is like the one, the wonders of Chris Jericho, where mm. he just says shit on commentary. It gets over, and it either becomes a T-shirt, a, a marketable, uh, a champagne line, or wine well, line, bubbly signed. line. Someone gets signed. Oh yeah, or like by the freaking Sugar Dunkerton finally gets his big, uh, big opportunity because Chris Jericho called him Pineapple Pete on commentary. He's a good promo. He is, and he's he's very down to earth and relatable, and he seems like a nice man. And it, it, like it, this is the perfect simple little story that like he's been working on the indies for his entire life, and he's seen everyone around him get their shot, and he hasn't gotten their shot until Chris Jericho suddenly mentioned him on commentary and made his career in a night. And um, for reference too, like some of my more casual fans who do watch AEW, they're all into the Pineapple Pete stuff too. So it's not even just like uh, us, you know, who know Sugar. Uh, forever from like me from like Chikara <laughs> like like it's not just us being happy for a dude like it's over with people who didn't even know Shug D heading into this Chris Jericho can turn literally anything into a meme the man is a, a remarkable human being the meme king he's king of memes <laughs> king of memes Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega defeated Santana Ortiz in a really fun tag match. Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega, surprisingly good team. Matt Hardy, again, like, you can give out about Matt uh, and the broken stuff, but, you know, in this match, I thought he was very good. Matt Hardy, good at tag team wrestling. Who would have thunk it, right? Mm, it's a weird one. Kenny Omega, also good at tag team wrestling. Mm, can't think of one. Santana and Ortiz, also good at tag team wrestling. Surprisingly so, yes. I really want... 
a Santana and Kenny singles match someday. It'll happen. It better happen. I'll be mad if it doesn't. <laughs> this was just good Man. action. Yeah, there's like nothing much to say about this other than it was a good match. And uh, Sammy Guevara took an awesome bump on a twist of fate. <laughs> Selling the neck the entire time because he was yes. run over. He was hit by a car. He sold, he sold being hit by a car longer than Rey Mysterio sold being thrown off a building. Onto a second roof. The the more comical thing about Rey Mysterio is they then did an injury angle with Rey on Raw. So it's like he was thrown <laughs> off a building and he's fine. But Seth Rollins attacks him and he's injured. Is Rey bouncing? Uh, apparently not. Is Sting bouncing? Uh, Sting should... People are always like, AEW don't need authority figures. AEW don't need authority figures in the sense that they don't need a Vince McMahon. They don't need a character on the television show. Mm. AEW can perfectly fine do with an authority figure that's like Teddy Long, who comes yeah. out and is like, you have a match. Ha 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 ha. Or like even a, a William Regal, like who is off the screen most of the time, but when you need an excuse for something to get made, he shows up. Yeah, and so I think Sting would be perfect in that role because he did it for like four months in TNA at the end of 2011, start of 2012, and he was absolutely fantastic. He was so good in that role. So yeah, if Sting is available, make Sting your on-screen GM AEW. He's also a, a big, he feels like a big deal. Like he's in that echelon of your Hogan's, your Flares and such where him being on screen just kind of like instantly feels like it elevates something. Especially, mm. like, a segment where you'll be introducing a belt, perhaps. <laughs> he is uh, an icon, if you will. Showtime. Perhaps an insane icon. I would really, now. like, like bumble his theme on the kazoo, so I'm not even going to try. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot going on in Sting's music, especially if you go for his TNA theme. That's uh, that, that, of course that song. would be the theme i go for. His best theme. Yes. Uh, so, yes. Sign Sting. Darby's still trying to recruit Taz. No, Sting other way around. Should, <laughs> Sting should recruit Darby. Sting, like Sting and Darby, is a better fit than Taz and Darby. Taz and Darby doesn't work. That, that I, those two people don't go together. I still attest that it's now gonna, it's gonna pivot, and it's gonna be um, Taz bringing in someone to face Darby. That that would make a lot more sense. And I said, pick Jeff Cobb. <laughs> it's the perfect. I don't choice. think I don't think they're gonna pick Cobb. He's still the perfect. Like if you're gonna pick anybody in wrestling today to pair with Taz, Jeff Cobb is the right person. Wardlow. <laughs> Wardle's well when he eventually splits from MJF and becomes the clear star of that uh, that duo that's gonna be such like a victory lap for us (laughs) (laughs) when Wardlow becomes a bigger deal than MJF for our burying of MJF and our our, uh, celebration of Wardlow in very particular roles as he is the greatest wrestler of all time we got the rules for the casino ladder match where it's basically it's a gauntlet match but it's a ladder match but they can win at any time. Yeah, so every 90 seconds, someone new comes out, and they can get the the, the title, or, well, the chip, they said. The, uh, I assume it's a giant, a comically-sized casino chip. No, I want it to be a tiny one. <laughs> just one tiny chip. And then, like, the guy who wins it can just, like, hold it in their hands and start flicking it around and shit. It'd be great. Mm. So, yeah, that, like, it can be won at any time. Um, that seems like it'll be a train wreck, but we'll see how it turns out. Especially without an audience. It seems like it'll increasingly be a train wreck without an audience, but we'll see how it turns out. I hope, um, like, Colt is the last person in the match, and, like, as he's coming down, someone wins, and he just looks, like, depressed. Mm, so it'll feature nine people, so Darby, Cole, Phoenix, and Orange Cassidy are confirmed, so we need another five. Janela, probably. Uh, Sean Spears. Who else is gonna do dumb shit? Uh, Darbs. Oh no, Darbs in it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> probably... Oh, I... somehow. <laughs> Lee uh, Johnson. Throw Hager in there for a base. Wardlow. Uh, Daniels. Anyway, <laughs> just naming and, names. And Wardlow. Mel. Mel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I miss Mel. I do miss Mel. Mel should be on this show. Mel should take MJF's spot. Well, where's Mel? MJF defeated Lee Johnson in a perfectly unremarkable squash. Lee Johnson's back. <laughs> Lee Johnson is back. I'm happy Lee Johnson is still getting booked. He's probably going to be signed, right? Because like, he was on one of the like the Road 2 whiteboard bits. Mm. I, hope I was more excited signed. to see Lee Johnson than I was MJF. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yay, Lee Johnson. And then it's like 0-5, oh, and, and you're like, oh, Lee Johnson. <laughs> After the match, MJF cut a long promo about how he's going to face Marco Stunt next week, except he didn't specify next week. So JR immediately after the promo had to step in and say that match will be next week. Mm. A professional. 
And yeah, in fairness, JR doing cleanup for MJF because MJF neglected to mention that. <laughs> I actually thought the match was literally going to be now. I thought he was calling him out for now, but then thankfully JR tidied up MJF's sloppy promo skills. Wow, heavy shot. Chris Jericho defeated Pineapple Pete in a match that was exactly what it was supposed to be. Pete attacked him, slapped him, hit him with a bunch of punches, and Jericho just hit him with a Judas effect and pinned him. Our prediction of Pineapple Pete picking up the pinfall on Chris Jericho (laughs) did not come to fruition. We were perhaps a little too optimistic in AEW's willingness to defeat Chris Jericho. Listen, it would have been the biggest pop that never happened. Hmm. Uh, after the match, Jericho challenges the Elite to a stadium stampede match, which will be take place. We were giving out last week that this the street fight is spill into DDT the stadium. DDT shit ever. <laughs> yeah, we're full DDT America now. Hell yes. But we were giving out last week that they did not brawl onto the football pitch, and we were like, why didn't they brawl onto the football pitch? This is why. They're doing an entire football pitch match. I hope it goes like an hour. <laughs> I do not hope it goes an hour. I hope it's a tight 15 minutes with a lot of memorable high moments instead of a pointless brawl doing nothing for an hour. What haha open the door, someone's there and they say the catchphrase will, <laughs> moments will there be? Uh, well, who could they have? Multiple Matt Hardys. Yes. Which they've already done. Who's going to be on the elite team, actually? Assuming it's all five of the inner circle. We have Kenny. We have Matt Hardy. The Bucks and Hangman and theory should fill out the team but they haven't been seen in weeks cody's uh booking uh, busy cody yeah, cody has uh, archer so it can't be cody so in theory if it's five on five it should be the bucks and hangman but we, yeah, as i said we, have, we haven't had the bucks and bucks and hangman Shooty, been on the show Marshall, in a while. <laughs> dustin rhodes and brandy and brandy there you go that's, and that's mel. the elite team mel's not the elite yet the mel eat the mel eat mel mel eat mel 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 eat uh, Vanguard 1 came, accepted the challenge, and then they destroyed him with a baseball bat named Floyd. <laughs> the baseball bat has a name. Matt Hardy was literally crying. He was lying on the mat, holding the broken carcass of Vanguard 1. The broken! <laughs> Vanguard 1 is now officially broken. I wonder, will they get Vanguard 2? Does Vanguard hope- have babies? Vanguard 1's been around a while. I hope it's Vanguard 1, but it has, like, a dyed propeller. Oh, yeah. Or uh, Vanguard 1 just, just has a knife. A large knife on the front. <laughs> and it just slowly stabs Chris Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> you think that they would have called the baseball bat Mike? <laughs> um, why? Well, you see. Mm-hmm. The TNT title. Oh, right. Sure. I mean, if you're going to do a boxing thing. Uh, yes, next week, Orange Cassidy versus Phoenix, MJF versus Marco Stunt, Aaron Anderson and Jake Roberts will have a face-off, Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara, and John Moxley versus Ten. It's press very confusing, 10. there's a person, there's a person named Ten on this show, and it's not Sean Spears. It's press Ten. Uh, yeah, Preston Vance. Mike Tyson will present the TNT title to the winner of Lance Archer against Cody. Isn't that fucking crazy? <laughs> It's funny because uh, MLW the other week were like, we'd like to promote a Mike Tyson exhibition match. That Wouldn't that be neat? And then AEW just like, we have Mike Tyson. That's, and it's all thanks to Orange Cassidy. Why is it all thanks to Orange Cassidy? Because um, Tyson was backstage at uh, Double or Nothing 1 and he fucking loved Orange Cassidy. There's mm. the video There's the video of him marking out. No, no, it was, it was Michael Nakazawa actually. He was marking out for watching in the backstage. There we go. So, Mike and also, like, has saved AEW. This is like a timely celebrity appearance in wrestling. Because, yeah, Mike Tyson is on on the comeback trail. Yeah, and, like, he's actually in mainstream news. Mm. That's, like, weird. <laughs> like, it's never a mainstream-worthy person. <laughs> it's always somebody desperate for attention 15 years after their prime. McGruber. There you go. Oh, we forgot the... Um... Nyla Rose and Sheeta segment backstage. Where Actually, the segment was cool as shit. <laughs> I found your candlestick bitch. Hit her in the head. Yeah, that ruled. I hope that there match is go. bloody. That's the, I think this is the officially the, the most built AEW women's match on in, in the history of their pay-per-views. So there you go. Well, the most built one, not on Twitter. Not on Twitter, indeed. Or Road 2. Where's Riho? Uh, I'd imagine it's still in Japan. Even before that, though. Well, she lost. She lost the title. She's, oh, she still has a rematch when she comes back, which should be fun because that match ruled against Sheeta. Yeah, <laughs> Sheeta wins. 
Brody Lee defeated Christopher Daniels in the AW main event in a match Finally. that I thought it was the best Daniels looked in a while. Finally, we got this match. It's felt like uh, this has been the longest built match in AEW history. <laughs> were you hotly anticipating this Brody Lee Chris Daniels match? I just thought it was weird. Like he debuted and then <laughs> they didn't follow it up for like five weeks. Because yeah, well, Daniels wasn't there for like five weeks, so that's why uh, Daniels was there. Well, the Daniels wasn't on the Atlanta shows. He wasn't on the shows, but he was there because Cody referenced him by name. That Daniels came up and corrected him on a Star Trek reference. Uh, maybe he texted him. I think you could hear him on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> I think he said Daniels just whispered in my ear. I think no, though that that was still Jacksonville, though, wasn't it? Was that? I think that was still Jacksonville. I think that was before they went to Atlanta. Mm, you get a pass I, on yeah, this one. AW. Yeah. All all of the uh, Atlanta commentary was uh, Tony and Jericho, so it wouldn't have Cody. Damn you. So yes, uh, Brody Lee defeats Chris Daniels. I thought, yeah, I thought Daniels looked really good in this match. It's because like last time didn't look so good against Pentagon. Was that he was dressing Pentagon then? Yeah. That moonsault was a work. But still, I, I think he. Admit slow it though. Great. Admit it though. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it definitely. They played it up for like three weeks. <laughs> that's because what? That's what they do. No. They, they, they they turn that stuff into works. It, it was you, you, clearly a work. You're missing the direction of causality. Is it something that happened that they turned into a story, not something they t- plan to tell as a story? Especially because they didn't pay it off in a meaningful way. It was a BTE bit. It turned into a BTE bit. Mm, it was a work. And you're getting worked, brother. I'm always getting worked. That's kind of like a weird, high-pitched uh, John Moxley impression. <laughs> brother. Yeah, Brody Lee wins. Daniels loses. <laughs> didn't give a shit about that. <laughs> Good match. It sounded nothing like John Moxley. I don't know what you're it's talking about. It's more of his um his inflection than his actual impression. <laughs> what did you say, pal? <laughs> oh, God damn it! Don't you don't you? Uh, welcome to Kazoo Fails with Liam Jones. Causality. <laughs> John Moxley showed up. He beat the crap out of all of um Brody Lee's minions, and then Brody Lee ran away. That's it. He walked away. He, he did walk away with one of his minions. I hate belt theft stories. I hate them so much. I think they're so stupid. Yeah. I mean, you gotta... It's the, it's an easy two-week story when you have to build something. That's true. But name a single good belt theft story in the history of wrestling. Brody Lee versus John Moxley. How dare you do this to me? <laughs> How dare you make fun uh, of my picture-perfect John Moxley impression? <laughs> His revenge. That's that's fair. Uh, light and breezy, easy to watch. Nothing really great. So but I easy a f- to watch. Yeah, fun episode of Dynamite. Nothing special, but a fun, easy episode of Dynamite to get through. My kazoo's broke. <laughs> what did you do to it? I don't know, man. Well, the good thing you have six of them. So you've lost one. One doesn't work, and you broke one. Oh so. shit! <laughs> what did you do now? I've broke another one almost. Let's see if I got. <laughs> Here we go. We that's, back. That's that's a full kazoo experience. The last one didn't sound particularly good. That sounds like a kazoo. The Don't go- you play the, it. This is the gold one. Uh, that brings us to WWE NXT, which okay. Yeah, I I had a couple of things I really liked on this show, so I'm excited to talk about the next. Uh, yes, there. The, 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 we'll get to it. Uh, Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher lost the NXT Tag Team Championships to Imperium after they exploded in a way that I thought was pretty stupid. Yeah, I I, could, I thought it was believable, if nothing else. That I did. NXT's doing everything I hate about empty arenas. Don't yeah. turn people. Don't have titles change. But like, the, you have you have to at least do a week or two of descent. Before he just, like, a one miscommunication causes him to explode, you know? If this happened in AEW, Hangman and Kenny would have been at each other's throats weeks ago. <laughs> Hangman took Kenny's head off, like, 15 times. Kenny is much more forgiving than Tim Thatcher. That's what we've learned here. Yeah. I think uh, I think Thatcher was just looking for an excuse and he never really liked teaming with Riddle. Well, why did he Riddle did make him go on the Newly Bros show. Because he wanted the That's tag titles. True. He did say that. And so he walked out. That that makes it make less sense. He wanted the tag titles, so he walked out of a tag team title match. In his promos, he said, "I want the tag titles, but I won't do it if I have to team with him." Why? Because he doesn't like him. But they 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 retconned that. He never said he didn't like him. He doesn't like him because he's the dope. 
This is one of those things where NXT just skipped to the end and then pretend like the story they told all along was these two guys didn't get along when the story they told all along was these two guys were a goofy odd couple and then Thatcher just turns on them. Like, they, do, they do this all the time. They just skip to the end of the story and pretend they told it. Well, the odd couple broke up. The odd couple did broke up. The newly bros are no more. I know. Uh, we're all really depressed. Um, Imperium. Hell yeah. Get a tag rain. Good they for that. Very, very anticlimactic, I think, win. They were not the focus of their own tag title win, but nonetheless. I liked that they sold Thatcher leaving, though, and they didn't just, like... When this angle happens, a lot of time, the other team will just, like, start fighting, but they were like, holy shit, he's actually leaving. This, this show actually reminded me a lot of a Vince Russo-written show. Holy in the sense... That Vince Russo, the thing Vince Russo would always do is a show running angle. You know, the idea, and I, I think it's a response to poor ratings that they're doing like a show running angle. But but the thing Vince Russo would always do is like there, there'd be an angle that would start in the opening segment that would run through to the main event. And AEW rarely do that. Uh, you don't see it a lot in wrestling in general these days. And that's what they did in this show where there was an angle in the opening match that led to the main event. It was a very Vince Russo-esque in terms of format. I also think they kept going back to it because they really wanted to establish that you shouldn't like Timothy Thatcher. I think they, like, they might have been scared that as the people would be like, eh, okay, whatever. But like the, throughout the night, they're like, yeah, we have to have Thatcher beat up Riddle again. Yeah, it's like we, we didn't do the groundwork to establish why people shouldn't like him, so we have to rush it all into one episode of NXT. Yeah, like, well, maybe like someone's like, oh, well, maybe he has a point. Riddle did kind of fuck up in the team. And it's like, oh, wait, no, he's just a dick. He'll just jump him backstage later in the show. Um, I really felt, I felt really happy for Fabian Eichner. Yeah, <laughs> like, good for yeah, them. fucking get it. And, um, I liked Riddle's little flurry of a comeback at the end, that they, then they had the cutoff and they hit the European bomb. Um, and I liked how, uh, anything that Riddle does on, um, NXT feels a lot more snug than most others, and I appreciate that. I like a bit of, like a little oof. He's an MMA boy, he likes sinking his shit in. As we found out in the main event. Oh, God, we'll get to it. Uh, oh, yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> Tegan Knox defeated Indy Hartwell. Did you know Tegan Knox is the Captain America of NXT? I thought she was the Captain Marvel. I thought he, I'm pretty sure he said Captain America, didn't he? Yeah, like, no, but I mean, like, isn't her gear based off Captain Marvel? It probably is. I was like, she's Welsh. Why is she the Captain America of NXT? She's the Captain Wales. Uh, yeah, there we go. It was a squash, basically. Tegan wins. Tegan always... It's one of those things where she just like, all right, she won a match. You know, there's never ah, anything to it. <laughs> the Cameron Grimes of the women's division. But like, like Cameron Grimes gets like mini feuds at least. Tegan Knox just occasionally wins matches and then yes. goes back to feuding with Dakota Kai. <laughs> In when I was watching this match, I was like, when did they blow off the Dakota Kai feud? <laughs> They may not have yet. We'll get to that in a second as well. But, like, I, I, think, uh, I was just like, yeah, okay, she's moved on now. <laughs> like, because mm. like, I think Mara said something along the lines of, like, oh, she finished in that tag match. And I was like, really? That was the big blow off. Shotty Blackheart helped her slay. Didn't they lose that tag match? Yep. All right. We got a highlight package on Io Shirai, Rhea Ripley, and Charlotte Flair's issues. I was annoyed because Rhea Ripley is the babyface here, and she said Io couldn't get the job done. I was like, Io was winning and Charlotte got deliberately disqualified. What are you talking about? Yeah, you know, delusional heel, Rhea. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those things, like if a heel said it, you'd be like, all right, you know, as you said, delusional heel. Rhea Ripley is meant to be a babyface. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. <sighs> it's it's weird. It's a little silly. And Eo was robbed. Eo was robbed. That's a factual statement. Um, and she should get another. Why isn't she getting another title shot? She was. She was. Oh, I hate. I hate that. I hate like deliberate DQs never being punished. Like she deliberately got to get herself disqualified in a wrestling match. And you you don't do anything to actually rectify that. You you reward the behavior more often than not, and it makes no sense. Come on, Regal. Like, if it's a heel GM, you can get away with it. It's just, it makes finishes like that meaningless. Because, like, if the heel can always get away with just walking away with their title, why don't they always do it? Actually, is Charlotte a baby face? I don't even know. <laughs> Who is a baby face on this show? Who? Who is anything on this show? Uh, that's true. Speaking of then, who is anything. I was going to say, uh, a video of William Regal booked a match. Yes, he's on an iPad. 
<laughs> no, no, but like it was a literal video because you could see Matt pausing the video as he put it away. <laughs> so it wouldn't keep playing. Regal's like, I don't know how to use Skype. I'm just going to film myself and, uh, and text you the video. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, uh, we move on to... <laughs> uh, I was going to say Rockstar Spurs. Uh, Drake Maverick's number one fan, Jake Atlas. Taking on yes, Tony Nese. Big fan of Drake Maverick, but he beat him. But And then he beat Tony Nese, which means that Drake Maverick cannot win the tournament, but he is not eliminated. My mind went in circles this morning, but there can still be a three-way tie between Jake Atlas, Kushida, and Drake Maverick, which will be a very WWE thing to do a three-way tie, bring him back, do a three-way, and then then eliminate Drake Maverick. (laughs) What if he goes, like, and, like, the other side is, like, a complete, like, one guy wins, and then they do a four-way for the title? (laughs) Oh, that would be so NXT. That would be the most NXT thing you could possibly do. And then Drake Maverick wins. Oh, and then no. he appears on AW Dynamite and throws it in the bin. <laughs> oh. This is what I think of the Cruiserweight division. That's, there is literally nothing I do not hate. And he does his cartwheel DDT and he win. Uh, so yes, Drake Maverick faces Kushida next week. If Kushida wins, Kushida advances. If Maverick wins, it goes through a three-way tie. Woo! Woo! Adam Cole is uh, is is Zoom calling all of his undisputed era friends. Uh, I made a great joke about this being uh, the bubbly bunch, but uh, connection issues. Oh, sorry. Uh, well, you could have just made the joke again. Edit. Go, go, make the joke again. Ha! And up next, the bubbly bunch. Oh wait, I mean Adam Cole. That's just not the same. Ah, well, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll edit it. It'll work in editing. It won't. Uh, <laughs> no, you get it? It was all a meta joke. The real joke was that I didn't want to do it again. There we go. Adam, yeah, Kyle Riley is great. I love Kyle. Yeah, poor Kyle. Come back. Actually, maybe don't don't come back yet. <laughs> yeah, don't come back for a while. They all volunteer Roderick Strong to face Dexter Loomis, one would presume, next week. Did they announce that? They didn't announce that for next week, so there we go. We got a Killer Cross promo set to the legendary WWE theme, The End Is Near, which is so upsetting that they made that. that They they gave that the cross. Cross of all people. Played on the kazoo. Uh, It's going to go all the way. There you go. You gave me a, you gave me an inch. I'll take a mile with the goddamn kazoo. I'll tell you that one for sure. Oh, God damn it! This is what I do. This is I, I deserve this. Let's to be fair. I brought this on myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, Cross is doing stuff. I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, this should be his theme song. <laughs> it should be his theme song. But Scarlet, uh, Scarlet can sing along to it too. Yeah, and it's probably an easier song to <laughs> lip sync. It probably is. Uh, Dakota Kai, six months after War Games, has finally explained why she turned on TK. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a good explanation. It was a good explanation. It did make perfect sense. It's just like, why are we doing this now? It also answered all of our questions about, uh, like, oh man, they 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 gave Nox all of this stuff about her return, but then did nothing for, nothing for um, Dakota Kai. This again, let me reiterate NXT's storytelling formula of. This is just like, we told the story, but we didn't tell the story. But now we're going to tell you we told the story and pretend this was the story all along. And it's a good story. It's a story that works. And it's a story that makes sense. But they told it six months after they <laughs> turned. a story grounded in, like, realism and comes across legitimate. And they, why do they do this? I don't, like, I don't understand that they don't just sit <laughs> maybe, down and think about stories. Maybe they don't think of it until later. And they're like, oh, shit, that'd be a great idea. We should do it anyway. Like, 100%, that's what, I, I'm convinced that's what they do. It's like, oh, this would be a great idea, let's retcon it, or let's just pretend we told the story. Mm. Like, wouldn't it be great if Matt Riddle and Tim Thatcher couldn't actually get along because they're two, like, dramatically conflicting personalities, so we'll have them turn on each other, except we'll never do the conflicting personality stuff until they turn on each other, and then we'll reveal that they were conflicting personalities and hate each other. It's just like, st- there's the in-between bits that they always forget. <laughs> I don't know man I think they just they get their bullet points but they don't get them in the order that they should get them <laughs> Triple H is like oh you didn't get that last page oh oh I'm, I meant to send it oh I ran out of ink ooh 
Uh, Isaiah Scott has interfered and he's like, if no, you can't oh, win oh, a single whoa, 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 match. Whoa, whoa, oh, you're still whoa, in Dakota Kai? You're not done with Dakota Kai? Yeah, we can't continue without commenting on the complete lack of safety protocol that Raquel Gonzalez had while riding her motorbike. Uh, I didn't even notice, so please do talk. Uh, she, not, not a single uh, item of clothing covering her arms. Not a helmet in sight. What if she were to fall? That's she's, she's, she would. She's arms Rachmel torn to pieces. Head smack on the ground. <laughs> I'm just. I'm ashamed that WWE could put out something like this, advocating for the improper safety precautions when riding a motorcycle. Fair, fair. WWE clearly don't care for the safety of their performers. Well, she was in the parking lot, so maybe because there's no rules there. Uh, she's yeah. She, maybe she's like, I can't wear a helmet. I might get kidnapped. It does make sense, but you know, nothing I'll on the make... show does. Isaiah Scott did a promo backstage. He was like, oh, if if you lost all your matches in this tournament, you're a real nerd. You should just retire if you do that. And then he'll face Jack Gallagher later. Uh, then he loses. Uh, well, they, well, he he's won a match in this tournament though. That's to set up a different feud. No, but it's just funny. It's like, yeah, you're a loser. Anyone who loses to you should be embarrassed. DX announced that in your house takeover will come on June seventh. When I was thinking about this, mm-hmm. and they did like the got two words for you, like pick. Around. I just thought like, I would like a supercut for every time they did that joke, where they said we got two words for you, and then someone interjects with something that isn't <laughs> suck it. Uh, there's probably be you probably like die watching it due to how often they probably did it like fifty times over under. Mm. This time like, it was Road Dog. Yeah, it was like how many times must they have done that same stupid joke? I did like their little bit about they all wrestled on the first in your house, but Triple H was in that horrible mud match against Henry Godwin and didn't want to acknowledge it <laughs> where he was bleeding. Yeah. So yeah, that was a good bit, but yeah, in your house is back, sure. Why not? God damn it. <laughs> Something fell over and I tried to grab it and throw it away. And instead of it hitting the carpet where it would make no noise, it hit the windowsill <laughs> and made even more noise. You fool. <laughs> All this editing I'll have to do. Nah, leave it in. It's the experience. It's the, the kazoos and Liam throwing things at the window. You would not edit a second of kazooing out. Uh, I might have to adjust the levels down if it's too hard to listen to. Oh, Whoa. Cameron Grimes uh, defeated Finn Balor after interference from Damien Priest. Damien Priest, every single one of his feuds are the same. He shows up for no reason, hits somebody with a nightstick, and then he's feuding with them. But, Garrett, did he attack Finn backstage? Well, well, there is no way of knowing that yet. If if that is revealed as Damien Priest, I'm done with NXT. If he he did it, he is a stupid person. You had a title match that night to worry about. He's just like, I want to start my next feud because I know I'm going to lose the title match. He saw the booking <laughs> sheet and he's just like, nah, I'm, I'm going over. I have to keep myself relevant. One of the snakes in the back. <laughs> he's the snake in the office. In the long uh, grass. Who wants to get the push, but we'll get the, the squash. The push, brother. <sighs> oh, no, I turned into John Moxley again. <laughs> <laughs> your natural it's your one impression that you can do just you, you deviate back <laughs> Irish to John, Mo- John Moxley when he went to OTT but he didn't get to yeah um yeah uh the match was fine I don't really particularly remember it I don't remember a single thing about it except going oh cool Cameron Grimes won they won't follow up with that yeah Grimes is will forever oh no I, I do have one note um when Grimes won Maro shouted Grimes time Grimes <laughs> <He did>. time <laughs> he did and then like Bella took a real weird sell on it too yeah but I, I think it's because like, he, he might have bumped too early or got too close to Cameron or, or Trev Trevor there we go big Trev big Trev yeah the I match think um Priest and Finn he, he should have sold it as a face bump uh yeah that would be, that'd be like a, maybe it's too close to the curb stomp. Does he even do that anymore? What happens on the main roster, Garrett? <laughs> you watch those it's, things. It's not a, Seth Rollins is killing Rey Mysterio and he's a messiah. Does he do the stomp deal still? I think he might. I'm not sure. He has a new theme. I heard that. It's not very good. All themes are kind of boring now, huh? They're all just production tracks. They're all just what? random. Like They don't have people composing music for characters anymore. They just lazily roll out generic production tracks. But it's like... 
Come on, guys. Give me some tracks I can put on my Spotify. Like, this is the, the richest company in the world, and they're too lazy to make music for their wrestlers, which is one of the things, like, in WWE's defense, they did so well for so long in iconic ways, and now they do badly. It's basically everything to do with WWE these days. Oh, grr. <laughs> Uh, Isaiah Scott was making his entrance when he was attacked by Tony Nese, which allowed Jack Alger to defeat Isaiah Scott. Yep. This tournament is, it's just like, they they clearly just want it to be over. They gave up so quickly. Um, so next week we have Tozawa against, who? Tozawa against Phantasma is the last match left, yes. isn't it? So that's basically winner goes through. Yes. So yeah, next week, where the winner of Akira Tozawa against El Hijo del Phantasma will progress. If we get a cool Tozawa Kushida finals, though. It's going to be Drake Maverick and Phantasma, and you know it. <laughs> it's going to be Drake Maverick's number one fan, Jake Atlas. It's going to be very strange when they've, like, consciously blown through this tournament to get through it as quickly as possible, but then they still do a three-way tie in Group A and have to do another match. <laughs> just to, like, drag it on that one week extra. Uh, Kushida should just win that Group 3-0, but alas. Uh, yep. Caden Carter defeated Elia. Wasn't Elia, like, being pushed last week and now oh, she's we, uh... just losing to Caden Carter? Same thing. <laughs> um, yeah, they tease that she's going to join the Robert Stone brand and then she lost and then Robert Stone was like, nah, I'm good. Well, there you go. That's the whole story. <laughs> she looks really young, is what I noticed on this show. I didn't know. Like, I uh, again, this is another one of those matches where, like, I could not tell you a single like, thing that happened this match. I watched I, this match. Well, it wasn't the match. I could not tell you. Trust me, it wasn't the match. It was, like, her, like, little graphic that they did for the match. I was like, Aaliyah looks like she's 16. Mm. <laughs> like, don't put her on these shows. It feels bad. It, looks, it feels like I'm watching, like, a small child get beat up. If it's deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I would admit. That and Marco's stunt make you deeply uncomfortable, do they? Yeah. Marco Stunt and Aaliyah. They should make them a tag team. In the eventual interbrand show. On the eventual War Games crossover interpromotional show. Which we will promote. It will be in association with this podcast. They'll be like, you guys, we'll you're going to unite pencil. the... Yeah, you'll unite these shows. And the main event will be Mel against Shawn Michaels. <laughs> no, it's Mel and Raquel. Nah, she's fake Mel. No, they're teaming up together as Raquel. Raquel. Uh, we had another Johnny Gargano and Candice dinner scene. This one wasn't as the, good. Yeah, much worse than the first one. Because they got all serious. The yes. first one was stupid and dumb and funny and weird. And this one was like, they cut the black and white and they were being well, all they did, serious. They did, they did the black and white shtick last time. But they but they, they, they did it with more, like, le- they did it with less interesting context. And they put, like, voice, like, modifications on it. Did they do the like weird like visual distortion thing last time? I don't remember they didn't, that. No, they just did a straight black black and white cut. Whereas here their faces were shimmering and they were it's like god, god damn it guys. You and can't cutting, have one cutting good it thing. directly to the camera. Yeah, the only the only thing I liked about this was Johnny's American Ninja Warrior reference. That was good, and I did like um the the cup being placed prominently on the dinner table. That was there last time too though. Yeah, but I it got me again. <laughs> you enjoy him just putting the cup on tables <laughs> like it's such a big deal to them I hope it's like the, the payoff to that is like Champa shows up under the table and kicks him in the balls like not protected now are you and he's, and he's gonna smash it over his head or something oh we're gonna get another Gargano Champa match aren't we no it's he's moving on to Karrion Cross. hey they can always come back to it in a year Next week, Kushida against Drake Maverick, uh, Tozawa against Phantasma, and Io Shirai against Rhea Ripley. Io should win. Io should win, and then she should just win the title. Yep. Uh, which brings us to our main event, in which match there will be people who like this match and people who hate this match, because they did a grapple foot match on NXT main events, which this match is ruled. interesting, but not my thing, kind of boring. I really liked it. It was real snug. They beat the shit out of each other when they did strike. It felt like real. I liked it a lot. Uh, Timothy Thatcher, this is him getting to do what he actually should be doing. Um, I don't know how long it'll last. Uh, I thought it was very funny when they cut back to this match and it was just Timothy Thatcher like grimacing into the camera because he didn't get his entrance. Um, <laughs> Riddle was more serious here and I really liked seeing that side of him on NXT. And yeah, just basically all the good stuff. I thought it was weird that Thatcher lost even though it was in a fluky pin. 
Yeah, it's like, again, they turned him heel and then he beat him up backstage and then he loses in the main event. It's just like, what are you, what are you doing? Uh, this this is one of those matches where like the, the style is one of those love it or hate it things. I don't hate it, but I'm mostly bored by it. So yeah, I, I, like, it's not something I'm going to like say you're wrong. <laughs> but like I did, I thought it was fun and it was different. And I was mm. like, at one point, it's like, oh, it's weird. It's like watching an Evolve match on uh, NXT. Television. Yeah. But yeah, the finish, as you, as you pointed out, even though he got him with just a flash pin, it's like, why are you having Thatcher lose? Like, what's what's the value of Thatcher losing there? Plus, you have the excuse that Riddle's been beat up the entire night. That's what I thought that, that was all setting up for. It's like, Riddle got beat up the entire night so Thatcher can beat, beat him at the end and he doesn't look weak. Yeah, whereas Riddle, it's the other way around now. Thatcher looks like an idiot who got beaten by a guy who got his ass kicked the entire night. Mm. They really don't think about this stuff, do they? <laughs> I don't know, uh, but it just—it seemed like well, like the natural conclusion to the show long angle. Is Thatcher going to join Fake Ring Camp? We suggested that last week. That he, um, well, no, we suggested he feud with the Fake Ring Camp. Well, I think we the, we suggested that at the end he should join, and he should. So do, he should do, be do like we, the American leader. While Walter is stuck in Europe. Yeah, NXT, uh, not NXT, like um, Bullet Club USA, <laughs> Bullet Club Japan. <laughs> this is Imperium USA. As I said, a very Vince Russo-esque structured episode of NXT. I, th- I think that's a, a direct response to lagging ratings. Not only like the advertising Triple H and Shawn Michaels making a big announcement, but <laughs> that was like that this... was the most like straight from the WWE playbook thing ever. Yeah, we have a big announcement, and it will be made by DX. Dude, what was the ratings last week for NXT? There was like it wasn't worse than it usually is, but it's been down for a while now, which tells me there's some pressure on them. If 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 they're if they're not like continuing to bottom out like they've leveled off at like mid 600,000s I think mm. uh, but they're very low in the demo they're way down in the demo so that, that tells me that there is some pressure on NXT to get those numbers going if they're making uh, adding DX to the show and doing these show running angles I think that tells me they're trying to fix ratings problems I also think there's um, less faith in an NXT bounce back than there is in an AEW bounce back hmm Especially because, like, during the duration in which they, 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 like, all this has been going down, they've had Charlotte on the show, who, in theory, is a star. <laughs> Not quite an execution, but in theory. I don't know, man. I, uh, I, are we coming to the, the conclusion of the Wednesday War? Uh, we shall see. If it, it feels a little bit like it's treading in that way. Especially with how, especially with how badly NXT is doing in that demo, like they're they're way down in that demo. NXT or USA aren't paying for a show that finishes fortieth on cable or whatever every week. But yeah, they could chuck on some reruns of Suits and kill that number. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, for a lot less money as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I feel like we're on the wind. This is the beginning of the end a little bit. You see, people are like, oh, WWE will never admit defeat. It's like, it's not WWE's call. It's not their choice. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, it's it's uh, it's USA's call. So if USA are like, we're pulling the plug on this, this isn't working anymore. It's going. The plug will be pulled. And maybe they'll move it. Maybe they'll be like, we'll move to Thursdays where it's unopposed, and it might do better, and it probably will do better. Or uh, Tuesdays, which hopefully they don't. Because uh, <laughs> then we reasons. have to... We, I, we have to do the new war games. <laughs> <laughs> yes so maybe they move it maybe they don't or maybe they just keep on soldiering on but we shall see Show, uh, match of the week Liam um, uh, Riddle and Thatcher I really yeah, like that match I went four stars like two and a quarter uh, uh, <laughs> um, uh, if it's not that for me what is it for me probably best friends against Jurassic Express I like that match a lot the match was good I, I, I would have also probably gone the tag match at the start over it I really like that as well but I'm, mm. a, I'm a big old sucker for Imperium you and your love of Matt Riddle. There you go. Uh, show of the week. Um, AEW. Yeah, it's it's, it's a, I haven't liked NXT the last couple of weeks. It's just felt there's and, and you know I'm not super into the Thatcher stuff, so that's not going to help. But not a ton of meat on the bones for me. Well, meat on the table. Uh, and Candice can eat it first if it's any good. I don't mind. Uh, well, we didn't know who actually. We don't. We didn't see who ate first this week. Mm, they just had stuff in front of them. Mm, perhaps they're letting their dinner go cold while they're talking for like. Five I, minutes. I, I thought it was it had already been eaten. I think they were. They well were plates been. that had been eaten. Which means that they uh, ate and then set up the camera, <laughs> as one does to film themselves for their after dinner chats. 
<laughs> that's even better if we frame it as like the Gargano families after dinner chat and like next week they'll get into politics <laughs> well what we love that I'm sure the NXT audience would love that they would uh, poll had AW80 oh the, the polls have become more granular 84 84.5% uh, to 15.5% wow. with 168 votes so substantial win for all the wrestling uh yeah that's it there we go you want to play uh you can follow me on twitter at garrickidney you can follow liam on twitter at larkin nope. i think he's he's protected at the moment but yep. you can try and follow him and he'll turn you down you can follow the podcast on twitter and vote in the poll at wargames pod if you'd like more everything elite coverage in your podcast i say everything elite every week instead of just the but you can listen to everything elite you can listen to shake the roads for WWE television show coverage liam play us out with wait before Judas i go Fozzie. next week i'm on amakase five matches with john it's gonna sure? be yeah, I think so. You, you're positive. 100%? <laughs> this week is Murder Brian of Street Fights Radio. I am next week Larrikin of War Games Pod, and after that, Funky yeah. DG of Bad Rest Pod. There you go. He actually got the right plug in. He actually knows for once. I went to my Twitter to find it. <laughs> oh dear. Um, it's gonna be good because I love Kenny and they hate uh, Kenny and love Naito. It's uh, fun. Fight, 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 fight. <laughs> Basically, we had very vindictive picks for each other. Uh, <laughs> Garrett, you start us off, and I'll play along. <clears throat> Thanks for listening, and bye-bye, by the way. You are beautiful on the inside. You are innocent personified. And I will drag you down and sell you out. Run away. I'm doing the full thing. Don't you go straight to the chorus. Get back to run away. You get back to the second verse. <laughs> now that I've betrayed everyone I've ever loved and pushed them all away. And I have been a slave to the Judas in my mind. Is there something left for me to save in the wreckage of my life? My life. I'm becoming, I'm becoming, I'm becoming, I'm becoming. Judas in, Judas in my mind. <laughs>